Amen. Amen. Thank you, choir. Thank you, Kent and praise team. What a great job of leading in worship today. Uh, if you have your Bibles today, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6. Uh, I want to thank those of you who've asked about my tooth this morning. Uh, my tooth is pulled and I survived. Uh, the pain is gone, but I have to admit I had a lot of anxiety about going to the dentist, but he came in and he was really kind and he, he numbed it first with one of those like swab things and I thought, man, I feel like I'm going to a child's dentist or something because usually they just give you the shot right away, but he numbed my tooth uh, and then he gave me a couple shots and he waited about 10 minutes and then he said, I tell you what, I'm going to feel around to see if it's taken yet. And it hadn't completely. You know, have you ever had that moment, you know, and he, he, he got a hold of it, and I said, oh, yeah, it's not quite there. And so he, he gave me some more Novocaine, and after about three or four more minutes, he waited, and he said, well, how's that feel? And I said, oh, all right, all right, you know, because that's how you talk when you're in the dentist office, or expecting you to talk to him when you, oh, all right, all right. And, uh, and then he said, all right. I'm literally took about two minutes, and I was done. That wisdom tooth that was giving me problem, he just popped that thing right out of there, and I felt better almost immediately. So I appreciate you, you praying for me because things went well. And, and then after a few minutes, we were talking about his church and whatnot that I work with, and I was excited about that. And, and then after a couple minutes, his nurse came in and told me how much the bill was. <laughs> And then I had another set of issues, right? <laughs> well, today we're going to talk about a different issue. Last week we talked about the root of bitterness that sets in our life. This week we're going to talk about worry and how worry can rob our joy and keep us from living the Christian life. Jesus told a parable of a man who went out to scatter seed. And he scattered that seed along uh, the hard path, and it didn't grow up. And then he scattered some in shallow ground, and it sprang up quickly. But the sun, you remember, scorched the plant. Some fell among thorny ground, and it grew up and uh, was choked out by the weeds. And then some fell in good ground and produced uh, Jesus explained the parable to the disciples, and when he got to the part about the thorny ground, that which gets choked out by other things, he said in Mark chapter 4, verse 19, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. You know, that, what we're going to talk about today is that first phrase, the cares of the world, the anxiety of life, worry. Worry can come into your life and it can get such a hold of you that it absolutely robs you of joy. And there's nothing that the devil wants more than to take away the joy that you feel in the Lord and deprive you of living the way that God intended you to live. Now, last week, as we talked about the root of bitterness, we talked about the fix for bitterness is forgiveness. We fix being bitter by forgiving others. Today, when we talk about worry, the fix for worry is trust and placing our faith in God. Now, as we look at what the Bible says about worry today, I recognize that our worry meters are very different. I get this. Some of you, you know, need to get your blood pressure checked because you never worry about anything. Your spouse is worried about you because they can't get you to worry. 
you know, and if you're in 10th grade, your parents are worried about you because they don't think you care about anything, you know, and trust me, if you're in 10th grade today, I'm not talking to you, you can just chill out, although I don't have to tell you that because you're not worried about it, but anyhow, that's some of you here, you just don't worry, you know, and then there's others of you who worry about everything, your, your family tries to keep you from watching Fox News because you watch it, and I mean, the world's falling apart, and how are we going to make it, and this week, I don't know what's going to go on, and I don't know what's going to happen, and my kids are not going to get it school and man they're gone 18 he's probably gonna hit me again today and And you're just worrying your worry is killing the people around you and they're like would you stop and then there's the rest of us who fall somewhere in the middle you know most of the time we manage our worry uh, but sometimes late at night when there's nobody else awake we wake up and the anxiety and the cares of this life just keep us awake you know why do we need to deal with this worry in our life? Well, I think most of you know it's a big waste of time. You know, let me ask you a couple of questions. Who, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Now, let me ask you another question. How many think, by worrying, some people have taken hours off of their life? Yeah. You're wasting your time worrying. You're not accomplishing what you're hoping to do. Uh, and if you're honest, some of you have taken hours off your spouse and your kid's life because of your worry. And, and a second reason we shouldn't worry is it's a killjoy. I mean, worry makes you miserable. Uh, you, you, it's so unproductive, and you don't feel good, and you're not even enjoyable to be around. And whatever good you, you do have in life, you can't enjoy because you're afraid it's going to go away. I mean, my job, what if it's not here in 35 years? Or, you know, what if I, that's the way people live their life who worry all the time. Uh, and probably more importantly is it damages your testimony. How can we expect people to believe our testimony if we're constantly worrying. I was in Chicago on Memorial Day weekend this last year. My daughter had a volleyball tournament, a four-day deal up in Chicago, and we were staying about 15 miles outside of Chicago, and I have a young man who was at my church at Edgewood who's now a church planter in Chicago, and we had supported him financially, and I thought, hey, we're up here. If schedule works out, why don't we try to go with church with him? Well, we found out our schedule, and the way we played, we ended up playing in the afternoon on Sunday, and so we were going to try to go down and go to church. And so I called him, and I said, hey, Clayton, uh, tell me where the church is at. We might make it down there this weekend. And he told me, he said, well, you go here, and you turn here, and you go here, and you turn here, and you turn here, and you turn here, and you go there, and you turn here. And when he gets done, I think I halfway understand where he's going because I typed in the address on the GPS. And, uh, but he said this. He said, Nick, you know I'm in one of the most high crime rate areas in the world. Do not get lost. Well, I said, oh, my, okay, man, yeah, no problem. Well, we'll see you in the morning. Well, that night, it started kind of getting to me. I'm taking my kid down into one of the hardest places in the world where there's more murders than almost any place else in the United States. And so I'm sitting here telling a guy on the volleyball team, one of the parents, he was a colonel in the Air Force. I'm telling him about where I'm going and uh, what I'm going to do and why I'm going down there. And I'm kind of telling him, I'm really kind of worried about going down there. What if I get lost? What if we don't make it back? And if, if I don't make it back, tell my wife, you know, type of deal. You know, here's... He'd be faithful about it. And I'll never forget what he told me. He said, man, I thought you had faith in God because he's not a believer. He said, if he wants you to go, wouldn't he take care of getting you down there? Ouch. 
He was right. You know, I, some of you here say you believe in heaven. And some of you would say it's better than anything else. And yet, you spend your whole life worrying that your loved one might go. Or some of you worry constantly. I mean, you can almost hear conviction, can't you? Some of you worry constantly about money. And yet, how many of you have never had something to wear and if you were honest, didn't have enough to eat? Some of you worry about your standard of living. But let me ask you, is that boat or that club membership or that vacation spot really bringing you happiness? And what does it say to the people who watch you go to church when they hear you say, Jesus is all the world to me, and they watch you worry about the world? What does it say? If worrying won't add to your life and won't contribute to your joy, and it has the potential to shorten your life, and it kills your testimony as a pastor, I want to say to you and me and all of us who are worrying, stop it! And if it were just that easy, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to show you a video. It really is not that spiritual, but I just like it. So humor me. Okay. Uh, Dr. Switzer? Uh, yes, C- come in. I'm just, just washing my hands. Uh, I'm Catherine Bigman. Janet Carlisle referred me. Oh, yes. Still uh, being buried alive in a box. Yes. Yes, that's me. <laughs> Should I lay down? Oh, no, no, no. We don't, we don't do that anymore. Just, just have a seat. And uh, let, let me uh, tell you a, a bit about our, our billing. I, um, I charge $5 for the, for the first five minutes. And, and then absolutely nothing after that. How, how, how does that sound? That sounds great. <laughs> Too good to be true, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, I can I can almost guarantee you that that our session won't last the full uh, the full five minutes. Now, um, <laughs> we don't do any insurance billing, so you would either have to pay in in cash or by check. <clears throat> wow. Okay. And uh, and I I don't make change. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and go. <clears throat> go. Well, tell what? me, tell me about the problem that you wish to address. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I have this fear of being buried alive in a box. <laughs> I just, I start thinking about being buried alive, and I begin to panic. Has, has, has anyone ever, ever tried to, to bury you alive in a box? No. No, but truly thinking about it does make my life horrible. I mean, I can't go through tunnels or be in an elevator or in a house, anything boxy. So what, what you're saying is you're, uh, you're claustrophobic. Uh, yes. Yes, that's it. All right. Well, uh, let's go, Catherine. I'm... Uh, I'm going to uh, say two words to you right now. I, I want you to listen to them very, very carefully. Then I want you to take them out of the office with you and incorporate them in, into your life. Well, shall I uh, write them down? 
Well, it, if it makes you comfortable, it's just two words. Most we find most people can uh, can remember them. Okay. You ready? Yes. Okay. Here, here there. Stop it! I'm sorry. Stop it! Stop it! Yes. S T O P. New word. I T. So, what are you saying? <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. I, I, I say two simple words, and I cannot tell you the amount of people who say exactly the same thing you're saying. I mean, this, you know, this is not Yiddish, Catherine. This is English. Stop it. So, I should just stop it. There you go. I mean, you, 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 you don't want to go through life being scared of being buried alive in a box, do you? I mean, that sounds, sounds frightening. <laughs> yes. Then stop it! I can't. I mean, it's been with me no, since no, no, childhood. No, no, no. No, we, 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 we don't go there. Just, just stop. So I should just stop being afraid of being buried alive in a box. You got it. Good go. Well, it's only been... It's only been three minutes, so that will be um, uh, three dollars. Well, I, I only have a five, so... Well, I, I, don't, I don't make change. Then I, I guess I'll take the full five minutes. Fine. All right. Well, what other uh, problems would you would you like to address? <clears throat> Whew, uh, I'm bulimic. I stick my fingers down my throat. Stop it! Not of some kind. Don't don't do that. But I'm I'm compelled to. My mom used to call me. No fatty. no no. no. No, we, we don't go there. But I've been having this dream. No, we don't go there either. But my horoscope did say... We definitely don't go there. Just, <laughs> just stop it. What, what, what else? Well, I have self-destructive relationships with men. Stop it! <laughs> you you want to be with a man, don't you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. Well, then stop it. <laughs> don't be such a... Big baby. I wash my hands a lot. That's all right. It is? I, I wash my hands all the time. There's a lot of germs out there. Uh -huh. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't worry about that one. I'm afraid to drive. Well, stop it! How, how are you going to get around? Get in the car and drive, you, you kook. Stop it! What's, what's the problem, Catherine? I don't like this. I don't like this therapy at all. You're just telling me to stop it. And, and, you, and you, don't, you don't like that? No, I don't. So you think we're, we're moving too fast, is that it? Yes. Yes, I do. All right, then let me, uh, let me uh, give you ten words that I, I think will... Uh, clear everything up for you. Uh, you want to you want to get a pad and a pencil for this one? All right. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. All right. Here are the ten words. Stop it, or I'll bury you alive in a box. <laughs> wow! If it were just that simple. 
you know, we know worry doesn't change anything, and we know it doesn't make our life better, and yet it just seems to suck us in so many times. I think there's some things you need to understand about worry before we get into the Scripture today. Number one, worry is not a response to a situation. It is a result of misplaced trust. Guys, two people can go through the exact same thing and have completely different responses. That means it's not the situation that dictates worry. It is the way the individual responds to the situation. Well, but it's just not my nature. I have to worry. It's what I do. Listen, guys. Worrying, all worry is, is showing, revealing what you're committed to. That's what worry shows you. This is what I believe in. This is what I'm committed to. I have a confession to make. I never worry about your job. Ever. I don't. I'm not devoted to your job. If you tell me about your problems, I'll pray for you. I'll be concerned. I will have compassion. But I'm not going to wake up in the middle of the night worrying about your job. I'm not. And when you look at me that way, I see how you're looking. None of y'all worried if I got my sermon done last night or not. Y'all didn't worry that I had to get up at 7 o'clock this morning to finish up. You didn't worry about that because you're not committed to it. I, all you care is if I get done on time. I get it. I understand. <laughs> I don't worry about your kids' grades. I don't. If you wrote me a letter and said, man, Pastor Nick, my kid is failing. Am I concerned? Sure, I'm concerned. Will I pray? Absolutely, I will pray. Do I sit at home and worry? No. I don't. And you, that's the truth. You know it's the truth. I'm not worried about your retirement. I'm not. You know, I, I hope you retire early. I hope you retire with millions. I hope you have a home in the Bahamas and invite me down annually. I hope that you do this. But I promise you, I'm not losing sleep over it. I'm not. My worry is connected to what I care about and am committed to the fact. And if you want to know what you really love, then take an inventory of what you worry about. Because that's what you love. What you worry about is a sign of your greatest devotion. Now if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at a passage in Matthew chapter 6. Starting, we're going to look at verse 24 to the end of the chapter. And interestingly enough, Jesus deals a lot with the subject of worry. And what is interesting to me is he starts this conversation about worry by talking about money and the security it brings. Money's the number one stress for Americans, so this should be the number one uh, passage, I guess, uh, to, to speak to our issues. Uh, because many people here are afraid that if they run out of money before they die, that what will they do? You know, I think people are more afraid of running out of money before they die than they are about dying itself. You know, because, so this passage speaks to us. So in verse 24, Jesus starts off, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Your Bible might say mammon. That simply means treasure, wealth, money. You can't serve God and, and money. They'll be at war with each other. And you've got to decide which one. You might say, I love both. And I get it. I understand. But you have to decide because 
You can't have it both ways. And then Jesus says in verse 25, listen to what Jesus says. He says, therefore I tell you. Therefore I tell you. He's connecting this, okay? Verse 24, because you want to serve God and money, because you want to have it both ways, I'm going to tell you something and you better pay close attention. And then he says, don't worry about your life what you'll eat or drink or your body, about what you'll wear. Don't worry about these things. Now, this was the big three on their list. Where were they going to find food? Where were they going to find clean water? And how were they going to make sure that they had enough clothes to put on their back? That was the worry of their days. If Jesus was talking to us, he would probably say something like, don't worry about your retirement. Don't worry about your career advancement. Don't worry about which school your kids are going to get into. Don't worry about if you're 35 and single. Don't worry about if you uh, have a job that you love. Don't worry about keeping your job. Don't worry about your kid's success. Now, I I, I want to say, remember, what I'm telling you right now is Jesus, not me, because it's pretty nervy. I mean, how dare him say about me not worrying about my job or my kids or what I'm devoted to? How dare him speak that stuff to me? Now, what Jesus is saying... It is, it is not that these things are not important. Is food important? Yes. Is drink important? Yes. Are clothes important? Yes. Is retirement important? Yes. Is the school your kids get into important? Yes. Is your, keeping your job important? Yes. Is your marriage important? Yes. He's not saying these things are not important. But what he is saying... Is they're not important to not important enough to spin your life around and worry constantly. Verse 25, he says, Is life not more than food? Is the body more than clothes? He's trying to pull us out of our frenzy when we start saying, Oh my gosh, how am I gonna feed my kids? Oh my, oh my gosh, how am I gonna educate my kids? Oh my goodness, how am I gonna retire? How am I gonna make it? And he's trying to pull us out of this. And listen to what he, seems, what he says next. It almost seems insensitive. He says, look at the birds of the air. If you came to me, I mean, picture this. If you came to me and said, Pastor, my life's falling apart. My marriage stinks. My kids are rotten. My job is horrible. My house has got a leaky roof. If you came to me with this stuff and I was sitting there listening and said, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Hey, did you see that bird? That's going to tick you off, <laughs> You know, I mean, you're going to think, man, pay attention. Aren't you listening to me? But Jesus was listening. And he says, wait a minute, guys. Look at the birds of the air. You know, they don't sow. They don't reap. They don't store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. They don't have plans. They don't budget. They don't have iPhones. And yet their Father feeds them them and then listen to the next question don't you think he loves you more than them aren't you more valuable than they are his point isn't go out and be irresponsible don't work, don't try, don't make plans and it'll still work out Yeah, that's fatalism, that's not Jesus' point at all Jesus wants us to sow, he wants us to reap he wants us to apply ourselves he wants us to work hard, he wants us to try but he's saying this, if God takes care of the birds of the air who don't get it, they don't have a brain they got a bird brain if they've got this and he takes care of them don't you think he'll take care of you? I mean really? 
And if you don't like that, if you think that answer is too simplistic, then, then listen to this. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? No. Does anybody's Bible say anything different? Does anybody? Yeah, what's it say? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to your stature? Yeah, we don't really know exactly what Jesus said there, but if you didn't hear him, which of you by worrying can get one inch taller? You know, I promise you that doesn't help. Okay? <laughs> doesn't work. Just don't go there. You know, but he says, why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field, they don't labor or spin. Verse 29, he says, yet I tell you that it not even Solomon, the richest man of all times, dressed in all his splendor, looked like these guys. For if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Now he gets to the heart of worry when he says this phrase. You of little faith. Don't miss this. This is a big deal in this passage. This is a big deal to the fix of worry. Worry is a faith issue. Worry is a trust issue. The reason you get wrapped up in the issues of your life, even if they're important issues, are you have little confidence in God. There's an interesting word here. Uh, it, it, it's, there's four words, you of little faith, we in English, but it's one word in Greek, and it's a, a compound word. It's oligopistos. Now, I don't think I taught you a cuss word, you know, teenagers. You know, That's just a Greek word, okay? Oligopistos, and this word, uh, sorry, is a combination. And you look all throughout antiquity. It's used one time by Jesus. Okay, so really what Jesus did is he made up a word here. Okay, he just did. He made up a word, and this word means little faither. You baby in the faith. It's almost like you, you're, you're just a little tiny person when it comes to faith. Then he really twists the knife in. Verse 31. Listen to what he says. 31. There we go. So don't worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after these things. Ooh, that's sticking it to us, isn't it? See, that's the colonel in the Air Force who didn't uh, believe in God who I'm trying to witness to who hears me saying how am I going to go downtown to Chicago down in this area I mean what will happen to me I'll be way out of place and I might get robbed they might take you you sound like you don't even believe in a God that's what Jesus was saying when you worry constantly and you fret and you spin you look like an unbeliever yeah, but you don't understand. I've got to worry. I've got to stress out. I've got to over-medicate. It's the only way I can cope. You know, I've got to stew over these problems. If you do that, you're living like a Gentile. Jesus' point is if you worry, you're living like a practical atheist. Let's call it what it is, guys. Worry is saying we don't trust God to handle it. This is why this passage is so important for us today. 
because all of us walk arm in arm with people who have the same worry points. They worry about their marriage. They worry about their money. They worry about their job. They worry about their retirement. They worry about their kids. They worry about their school. They worry about their health. They have the same problems that we have, and they have to see something different in us. And as you bump into them and you share your story with people who have the same worries that you have, you should respond in a way that is completely different than them because you have a God of the universe who holds tomorrow in his hand. He's the glue that keeps everything together. He is the one who is the great I am, can make any situation the way he wants. He is that type of God who says you are his child. How dare you? Worry like he can't handle what's going on in your little life. Your response should be so different that they are amazed. Aren't you worried? Aren't you afraid? Why aren't you freaked out? How are you handling this? I've got a great father. I've got a great God. Our circumstances are our greatest opportunity to show our faith. And if you give in to worry, you might as well not even be a God. Your Heavenly Father knows. He knows what you need. Don't rush by that. What if you believe that God knew what you needed? What if you believe that he loved you enough to provide what you really need? What if you believe that he cared for you? I, I, I don't know what's going on in my life, though. I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know how my kids are going to respond. But it's okay. Because I've done all I can, and my Heavenly Father knows. This is what separates us from the pagans. We trust that our Heavenly Father knows. You see, the answer is not in telling yourself to stop it. (laughs) That's not the answer. The answer is to put your mind on God. You know, whenever sickness comes to the one you love, put your mind on the God who's promised that he will provide a place for them. That moth and rust cannot destroy or decay in a home that he has secured forever. When your kids are heading down the wrong path, remember that there's a God who loved the prodigal and takes back anyone who will return to him. Whenever your job starts teetering because of the economy, remember there is a God who cares for the sparrows and the air and the lilies and the field. He cares for you. The solution to worry is turning your devotion from your kingdom to his kingdom. Isn't that what Jesus said? Seek first his kingdom. You want to quit worrying? Then your kids can't be the center of your universe. You want to quit worrying? then your ability to make as much as you want to have can't be the center of your universe. You want to quit worrying? Then your health can't be the center of your universe. You want to quit worrying? Then your 
whatever can't be your whatever can't be the center because I want to tell you something and you're going to figure this out guys this world is in bondage to decay we're all going to face it I'm 22 and I'm pretty and perfect yeah and then you get my age and you will hate throwback Thursday on Facebook <laughs> you know oh man Look how bad I've turned out. You'll get there. And I hear it gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> hey, brother. I think I'm on, I, I won't have you stand up, but that's my goal when I'm your age. I don't know. <laughs> you look good. <laughs> I hear it gets worse. Guys, everything, everything you put your trust in in this life will fade away. But God won't. In a thousand years, he'll still be on his throne. In 10,000 years, he'll still be in control. In a hundred billion, kajillion years, he will still be the God worthy of all glory and praise. And he loves us enough to allow us to be called his children. He'll be our father. And our goal should be to put our focus first on him. And when our focus is on him, if the unthinkable happens in our world, God must have a plan. If our focus is on him, if I lose what is dear to me, it is okay because God is in control. If our focus is on him, it changes and the worry meter goes way down. And then he, I love this. He, 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 he says uh, that, that seek his kingdom and his righteousness and when we do that something happens in us connect these two verses Philippians chapter 4 listen to what he says okay don't be anxious stop it <laughs> how well I put my focus on I put my focus on Christ his kingdom and his righteousness and I pray and I petition God and I thank him for what he's done and I let him know what's going on in my life. And when I do these things, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding where Gentiles and pagans look at us and say, what? You should be melting down. What? You should be angry. Why? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Would you get to the point where you would put your trust in him first and what he wants first? Verse 33, there's kind of a surprise ending. Listen to what Jesus says. Seek his kingdom first. Quit worrying. Stop it. Seek his kingdom first. And all these things. What things? What you're worried about? He'll, he'll take care of that. He loves you. He'll give you what you need. He, truthfully, how many of us could attest to the fact that God has given us far more than we need? Yeah. Stop it. Focus on Him. Now, what I want you to take away from this message today is there is a direct relationship between your worry and your faith in God. Don't give yourself a pass. This is a big deal. This root, this weed, this worry needs to be pulled out of your life. It is killing your testimony. Number two, Jesus' solution to worry is to redirect your devotion to him. Want to quit worrying? 
and get up in the morning and start thinking about how great your God is. Start thinking about though the universe is either, I don't know, is it contracting or expanding or whatever it's doing, God is in control of the uttermost part of it. And the angels aren't worried. Man, the universe is getting so big. How God's gonna ha- how's God going to handle this? I promise you that's not going on in heaven. The angels weren't worried this morning whether or not I would pull off my sermon. They weren't worried this morning whether or not your husband got the big deer. They weren't worried this morning whether or not you... They weren't worried because their focus is on God. Put your focus on Him and how big and great He is. Number three, know this. You'll never quit worrying if your kingdom is your priority. You'll never get there. And so I ask you today, would you place your full trust in Christ? Would you? you got a choice. Trust yourself and watch what you hold on to disappear. Or trust in Christ and let him take care of you. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for this opportunity to, to share your word and to put our trust and faith and confidence in you. God, you're a great, big, beautiful, wonderful God who knows how every sunrise will be painted in our eyes and understands what time the sun will set every day and you know everything that's going to go on in between in each and every one of our lives. And you have proven, Lord, that you love us. You've given us more than we could ever deserve. Really, Lord, none of us in here could ever doubt the fact that you take care of us, what we will eat, what we will drink, what we will wear. God, is there anything too difficult for you? And, Lord, you don't have to prove that you love us by giving us stuff, Lord. You've proven it by giving your son to us. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would help us shift our devotion from ourselves to you. God, I love you, and I thank you for your love for me. God, I pray that love for you would increase in this place. Help us to trust you more. In Jesus' name, amen. In just a second, we're going to sing together. Uh, Some of you here today have never been baptized. We celebrated with a young lady, a 25-year-old lady in the last service, Amber. She was baptized to show her faith in Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful thing. Maybe you're here today and you want to commit to be baptized. You can come forward probably next week or the week after we would baptize you as the Lord permits. Uh, But you can come. Maybe you've never put your faith in Christ at all. You're like the colonel in the Air Force who has it figured out in his mind and he knows. Maybe you realize today what you're holding on to is slipping away. And you want to put your faith in the one who is like a rock that has never moved. Perhaps you're here today and you'd like to be a part of our church. You can come. If you're one of those three, folks, one of those three, I'm going to be sitting right here, standing right here. You come and talk to me. I'd love to talk to you. For the rest of your day, maybe you want to come to the altar. I I kind of noticed y'all don't use the altar a lot here, but you know it is here and open. Uh, I'm not condemning. If you feel you can talk to God and do your business where you're at, that's fine. But if you'd like to come to the altar and just bow and pray and say, God, this is so big, I've tried to stop it, I can't. God, I need 
my devotion to be placed back on you. If you want to come today and pray, somebody will probably come put their hand on your back and pray with you. Uh, you don't have to tell them any of your deal. They can just pray with you. But if you want to come, you can. Uh, maybe you want to come and take communion today. You're welcome to do that. We're going to stand together right now and sing. If God speaks to you, won't you come? <laughs>